maybe it was somebody you know, maybe it was somebody you don't know. Most likely it was somebody you know, um, statistically speaking. Um, and of course, you know, pregnancy is, is highly risky. Um, you know, health-wise, a lot, a lot of things can happen to the woman. Um, and often it's, it comes down to a choice between the woman's life and the unborn child's life. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people in this country who say, doesn't matter about the woman, um, we're pro-life. We want, you know, we want to support this unborn child. But my question is, if you're pro-life, are you willing to let a woman die? Just a question. Enchanting today with your magic. Tomorrow can't help but to be good. You brought the world back to me when I thought I wanted to drift away. You're my heart take, taking me to joy, gentling me during a life storm, lifting me between the clouds and the sky, bringing me in view of the sun. The first time your eyes caressed mine, to say it was like magic is to tame the gentle passion and moments shared in the seeing of a glance. You took my hand and opened my heart to the beauty of what I did not see. I tried to understand why and how these things happen, but you explained so much with your laughing eyes to make me not waste my time worrying or wondering is this meant to be. The first time your eyes caressed mine, the wind sang their songs. The sunshine shivered with joy, warming the life within me. Tender love and sheltered moments, blowing my mind from the beginning. I was drifting through, trying, trying to live a life. Good things happening suddenly. When the days were dark, you brought the sunlight nights, touching me in your being. Tender love and shelter moments. You were fame, you were fortune, you were peace, you were vision. Things I thought I wanted and things I really needed, blowing my mind from the beginning. Your kiss melted the night. Beauty burned in forever fires. Heartbreak, heart beating wild, flaming love, sparks and stars showering the world. Tomorrow is today is yesterday. In your kiss, time didn't have a chance. Tender love and sheltered moments. Sparks of love flying all over the earth. That's what we'd like to see here. That's what I'd like to see. You're listening to Women's Magazine with Global Val. Thanks for listening. Uh, another event that's coming up, I want to make the announcement about uh, San Francisco event. Um, on May Thursday, May 5th, there's going to be a city hall hearing, um, and it's going to be talking about um, Supervisor David Campos, who has proposed legislation to create more navigation centers in San Francisco. And the navigation centers are for the homeless. We have a huge homeless crisis right now in San Francisco and a housing crisis in general. Um, la last count, um, as of a couple months ago, a report came out that there were 7,000 homeless people in San Francisco. And um, these big, you know, kind of homeless camps popped up on Division Street and down on Bayshore. Um, it was wild. They were just like streets, streets, just like filled and lined with tents. Um, and of course, the cost of living here in San Francisco is exorbitant. So a lot of these people who are homeless on the streets of San Francisco are former residents of San Francisco with an address who can no longer afford to live in their apartments because there's such a huge 
rent hike um, and uh, you know well, the culture of greed, hey. Um, let's just say it out there. So um, if you are available to go chime in uh, at the um, at this meeting, the City Hall hearing, again, it's gonna be Thursday, May 5th. It starts at 9.30 a.m. This is gonna be the second item on the agenda. And uh, it's at City Hall in room 263. Room 263, Thursday, May 5th, starting at 9.30 a.m. Um, so uh, to discuss the, the solutions, what are some of the solutions to, to uh, these street encampments? Um, you know, I want you to just imagine that uh, y you've been kicked out and yet you still have a job in your town, but you can't afford the rent anymore. Um, but you have, uh, you have your, your job here, your friends here, your doctors here, uh, your friends uh, nearby or, or not, maybe they're far away. Um, and then you're forced to choose between trying to leave town without a job um, or live in town, maybe in your car if you have one, or join the many, many people who are living on the streets and have limited or no access to uh, bathroom facilities, showers, um, you know, your mail, um, correspondence. Uh, it's a very serious situation and a lot of people here are in San Francisco are, are trying to work towards solutions. Um, there's the St. Fr Francis Homelessness Challenge uh, group um, that was formed by Amy Weiss and, um, and and they've been doing a lot. So I just want to let you guys know that you can go out there to the, to the Government Audit and Oversight Committee meeting. Um, to, uh, to, to uh, hear about and discuss Supervisor Campus's Navigation Center legislation, which would require the city to build more navigation centers and to address street homelessness. And so it's gonna be heard and voted on at that committee meeting. So I'm gonna end the show today. It is National Poetry Month, but I like to end the show with poetry anyway. And this is about a homeless man that I have uh, recently had some interactions with. TJ's sign says that he's dying, and I believe him. Over four months, he's gotten more gray and gaunt, and today his sign asked for someone to give him a chance, and that Friday might be his last. I find that he's crying, so I give up my green light right of way and stay to say hello, ask him where he has to go. Golden Gate Park, he says. Are there good people or bad people there these days? Depends on where you go. Ask him if he's got a friend. There's one. I tell him, I don't know what I can do for him, but I promise to keep checking in. Tell him not to stay in the shadow too long. Move into the sun and be warm. I touch his shoulder as I depart, so perhaps he'll feel the healing in his heart. I'm Global Val. Thanks for tuning in to Women's Magazine here on MutinyRadio.fm. Be sure to tune in to Women's Magazine on KPFA 94.1 FM on Mondays from 1 to 2 p.m. And uh, keep being good to each other. All right. And remember, just when your aspirations seem outrageous, like trying to save the planet, 
and inspiration. May never sleep again. And it sounds like you, Alex, may want to check out the number 4altacalifornia.com. That's 4altacalifornia.com for a non-addictive pharmaceutical-free alternative to smoking medical marijuana. Check them out today at number 4altacalifornia.com. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> out on the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2016 from March 2nd through 6th. And you don't have to. You can buy tickets now on universe.com with 24 national and international visiting comedians and 20 local hosts. You won't want to miss a thing. What if I can't be at every show? Don't worry. All shows will be available for free download at mutinyradio.fm until the internet falls apart. Oh, podcast God, I can't wait to listen to all these great comedy shows and everything else that's cool at mutinyradio.fm before the internet falls apart. You too won't want to miss a bit of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival from March 2nd through 6th, 2016. Buy tickets now. Brought to you by Subliminal SF, PBR, The Eagle SF, Brainwash Cafe, Asiento, and the great people at Alta California Botanicals. Have you heard of Subliminal SF? Visual and auditory mind control. Graphic design, physical merchandise, live music promotions. Go! www.subliminalsf.com For the most amazing t-shirts you've ever seen. Graphic design for every need. And live music promotion at some of the best bars in San Francisco. That's Subliminal SF. Visual and auditory mind control. Go to subliminalsf.com now. Good evening there, my friends, here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard, as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to 
let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for me download the podcast post show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling so all you gotta do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe and what's better than the universe <laughs> it's a cash cock honey Once again, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, one and all. How exciting for me and you and all them listeners out in the cyberspace. We got some good comedy coming up. It's gonna be, it's gonna be real great. It's gonna be hilarious. It's gonna be top-notch wonderful goodness uh, but before that happens uh, as you know I have to play some music uh, I'm thinking some black moth super rainbow black moth super rainbow Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it work. Yeah, it was uh, with some services. I don't think one of these things. Oh, 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 well then. Ha. I never. <laughs> oh.
show started. Before that, I get away with the soothing sounds of the moon.
Gary Bridges was an Australian Boo. native uh, in San Francisco in 1923. He worked as a sailor Justin, and Justin. a longshoreman. Justin. 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 He was a native Australian. Justin. 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 What? This is a time for improv, not a time for learning. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. no learning. <laughs> no learning. All right, I'm going All right. out there. Yeah, you better get out of here because I'm, I'm learning. No! Hey, Andrew, I'm learning real hard. Andrew's coming out of the booth and no one's learning anything. No one's learning, no facts in the world. Turn it again, sorry, it's something bad. No one needs to learn. No one needs to learn. Welcome to Open Improv, everybody. Let's go over the rules. We're going to do this quick. We're going to get going. Wait, first, uh, this is the only class where the assignments are made up, but the grades don't matter. That's studio audience everybody is on a microphone here so you are on a microphone currently studio studio uh, rule number five no, no, no one gets paid except for muni radio I don't like that rule uh, rule number six, six. Pick, pick up sticks. sticks rule number seven uh, all, all dogs yeah, go, go to heaven. heaven sure rule number eight Andrew's not straight also not true rule number nine feeling fine rule number ten let's Well, uh, yeah. If we do it every week, now it is written. Well, no. At one time, it was improv. I am mostly illiterate, and therefore cannot read or write. And so, therefore... Does this mic work? Yes, it does. Oh, I'm written is what I'll move saying. it out. Yeah, stick it out the window, bro. Stick it out the window. Stick it out the window. Yeah, it's on. Sweet. Hey, sweet. And it's like right next to the piano, too. So, you know, that's a, the, the thing. That's the thing. Right next to the piano. Woo! The uh, book of lore relating to... Stop it! Don't stop it! I can't stop it! I'm sorry! I don't know what Stop learning! It's all around me. Uh, Justin, to counteract these facts you've been telling everybody, I need some non-facts. Give me some non-facts. Uh, Jesus was... Uh, Jesus was from Mars! Oh! Our legs are a vegetable. Ah! A crater is when a tree grows. What? I said a crater is when a tree grows. See, I'm that I that sounds like a fact to me. <laughs> All the bachelors are married women. Ah. Eleven was an indoor, but it seemed like an outdoor job. North is the direction of green. I love it. Love it. Great. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, that one worked? That one worked? This is goddamn bullshit. The bit was that everything I was doing was wrong, you son of a bitch. All right. So what are we doing first, Justin? Uh, we're answering Sweet Gale's call. Let's do, uh, we did 185 last week, right? Yeah. Yeah, let's do back in my day. All right. Here's how it works. It's a group game. Stand up, sit down, don't give a fuck. If you're not near a microphone, you might not be heard. If you're just, you might be heard. We'll see when we listen to this later. All right, suggestion. Back in my day, we didn't have... Blank. Joke. Got it? Good. Gravy. <laughs> gravy. Let's do gravy. Gravy? Gravy. Uh, <laughs> gravy. 
Back in my day, we didn't have gravy. If you wanted something thick and gross, uh, you'd talk to your math teacher. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have gravy. There wasn't a cool way to say it's all good. Back in my day, we didn't have gravy. And if you had chicken stock, well, then you were in trouble because the market's down. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have gravy. And the only thing that surrounded potatoes was hardship. gravy. <laughs> uh, Back in my day, we didn't have gravy. The only thing that got gross when it sat in a boat was pirates. Back in my day, we didn't have gravy, and the only stuffing we had was in that bear on the wall, damn it. Stuffing. Gravy. Stuffing. Uh, stuffing. Gravy. Uh, Stover was your math teacher? Yeah. Stover's was. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, new thing. New thing. New thing. Yeah. Uh, Back in my day, we didn't have uh, boxes. Boxes. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have boxes. The only thing we put people in was the cell. Nope. Back back in my day, we didn't have boxes, and the only thing you had to check was your white privilege. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have boxes. We buried people in pyramids. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag history. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have boxes and trains were just made out of Tupperware cars. <laughs> Back in my day we didn't have boxes and the only cubes we had were game cubes. <laughs> Back in my day we didn't have boxes and if you wanted to move you better get some oxen in a cart. Back in my day, we didn't have boxes, and breakdancing got your clothes dirty. <laughs> <laughs> back in my day, back in my day, we didn't have boxes. If you wanted to punch someone for a belt, you got real drunk at a Macy's. <laughs> uh, oh, he's a good back one too. Back in my day, we didn't have boxes, and crate was how Uncle Billy was going. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have boxes, and there were me seeks everywhere. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have cardboard boxes, and we had a rainforest, too. Uh, back in my day, uh, we didn't have boxes. If you wanted a lot of wine for cheap, you just listened to your girlfriend. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. New thing. <laughs> All right, last subject. Back in my day, we didn't have... Movie theaters. Movie theaters. <laughs> uh, movie theaters. <laughs> Uh, Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if you wanted to throw popcorn at strangers, you had to go to a baseball game in Japan. Learning with Justin. Learning with Justin. Learning Bet you didn't know Japanese people eat popcorn at baseball games.
You wanted to get a hand job as a tween, you better love plays. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. If you wanted to see something in 3D, you went outside. Use your eyeballs. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only place my dad had to worry about getting shot up at was the methadone clinic. <laughs> Uh, Not implying that my dad is afraid of being shot or a uh, heroin addict. <laughs> I like how your disclaimers after your jokes. <laughs> you never even know where I'm at. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And if you wanted an icy, you went to the 7-Eleven and got a Slurpee, because they're better. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. Then the only thing coming near you was a scary homeless guy. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And IMAX was a program you used to hack your iPhone. Yay! <laughs> Um, back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and a century was a really fucking long time. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only digital projection in our lives was killing people in video games. Ooh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> Real dark. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only summer blockbuster was a prisoner who got arrested in the summer. <laughs> That's all I got. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if somebody took your stub, well, then they better give you a biggie. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and a chick flick was my technique on how to... Uh, Arouse a woman. Back, back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only thing that was rated R was pirates. We didn't have movie theaters when we built a theater, it stayed in place. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and you could buy a bunch of crunch at the store. Reginald, it's one of them movie theaters. Oh! <laughs> Who put this one on wheels? See this, this is a very bad It's not show. moving at all, bro. Howl's Moving Castle in a moving theater. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And if you wanted to see excessive violence, you just existed in the 1930s. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And science fiction was just gravity. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and Star Wars was was when we decided there was the battle between heliocentricity and. Um, back in my day, we didn't. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if you saw a sneak preview, that means you were a peeping tom. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and Indiana Jones was your old prospector uncle. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only trailers we saw were filled with hillbillies. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only thing that was 70 millimeters was my dick. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if you made out in a drive-thru, they wouldn't give you your chicken nuggets. 
Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and the only thing that was black and white was our restrooms. Back oh. in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. <laughs> and the only real thing we used were the inner pistol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Back in my day, we didn't have movie screen. theaters. And the Ice Age was something we lived through. <laughs> back in my day, we didn't. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and an IMAX. IMAX were just what old people called Apple computers. <laughs> How do I get on the Google? <laughs> back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. The concessions and the walking race, and that's just meandering around. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And if there was a dark public space with a sticky floor, you get out of there. It's a gross place. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And if you were surrounded by red vines, that meant you were in the dangerous part of the jungle. It's poisonous. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. And the Titanic was an actual ship. Uh, back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and uh, if you had a bootleg, it meant you could afford boots. Hashtag history. <laughs> learning with Justin, you're learning with Justin. I bet These you didn't think facts. you'd learn anything These with Justin. Facts. These are all facts. Jennifer, I'm going to have to work so hard to make sure that no one learned anything. Everybody's going to have to get real high. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if the floor was sticky, it means your mom was hungover. <laughs> no, 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 go back into that one. Bring it back. <laughs> go back into that one. Open the portal back up. I'm going to get my bring. She dead? Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if you wanted a kick in the seat, you talked back to your father. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and if somebody was throwing M&Ms at your head, it's because they were trying to point out the sniper silently. Look out! Get down! <laughs> Sorry. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and an usher was a popular R&B singer. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters. The only thing you snuck into because you were too young was a prostitute. <laughs> Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and, and Popcorn had yet to have his son Corn with a K. Back in my day, we didn't have movie theaters, and a blockbuster was a, was a weapon developed by the United States government. <laughs> this has gone on forever. Yeah, so just walk away, we're done. You read this Did I? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit. Hey. You want to learn a fun fact, guys? No! 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 I finally thought of a sketch I could do a film for him. Yay! Uh, vote or I'll die. <laughs> <laughs> vote a crime, motherfucker. Uh, just vote or I will die. <laughs> I am locked in this room. With Pop Daddy. They will not let me out. Please vote or I will die. And if you do not vote in the next five minutes, we will send you his fingers. <laughs> uh,
Uh, what else do? What now? You want to do LA Freeze? Le No, no, no. That's almost too uh, accurate to uh, what actually the phrase is, and I don't want these people learning. All right. Good job. Okay. Okay. Uh, the way this one works, uh, you'll fucking figure it out. Well Just fucking deal with it. Pepsi Crystal. Andrew, give me the space Crystal Pepsi. Never! Pepsi Crystal. Never! I will never give you this crystal made of pure Pepsi. But Andrew, if you don't give me the crystal, then I won't be able to save the planet! I have enveloped its power! I shall be the Pepsi Lord! No, Andrew, you're turning into Crystal Pepsi! Pepsi Crystal, I'm sorry, I have a disease where I flip things backwards. Am I, am I, am I crystal or am I liquid? It's no, you're a crystal colored liquid. Freeze! Are you sure this jetpack's gonna work, doctor? Oh man, totally sure. I don't know. I filled it with ammonium super trait and uh, some green stuff. Are you sure it's gonna be safe, doc? Cause I don't got health insurance. No, it's gonna be totally safe. Just back up really quick. Right. No, this, this last wall Please. is gonna pop up here. Please. Let's see murdered your mother in the bathroom. <laughs> no. Okay, let me just repeat the question. Uh, maybe you were confused. Uh, name an animal you might find in the forest. Craig. Yeah. The corpse of a child. Freeze. Okay, that's all for I didn't see your face. Oh, it was there. Okay. Listen, kid, if you want to be a sign waiver, you're going to have to be happier than that, all right? Me, me. I don't physically know how. Smiles sell houses. Say it with me. Smiles, Smiles sell houses. houses faster. Smiles sell houses faster. Ski down there. <laughs> I'll go after you go. I mean, you've been. I kind of assumed you would go first. Me? Are you on a rock paper scissors for it? Absolutely. As is the mountain climber's code. <laughs> we never would have gotten here without that code. That code is what kept us alive. 
alive! Kept us alive that time we ran out of supplies. Yes, at the time when we had to eat uh, that uh, Sherpa because he lost rock, paper, scissors. That's, that's <laughs> crazy. Stimpy. 
No, that's not. What's the Kylo part? Okay. Well, I mean, he kind of took it from a band, kind of like Rilo Kylie, and then he's like, I'll just shorten it to Kylo Ren. It's kind of cool. But anyways, he's very emotive, okay? But he has a deep voice, so I'm just trying to get it right. You're not really selling us on this dishwasher, Eric! Well, uh, you know, it, it dices, it transforms, you know, it can also do your taxes, and uh, sometimes it, uh... Looks like a cup! Mm-hmm. Okay, alright guys, I'll level with you, okay? Alright, it's, it's, it's a prototype. What you need to do is you need to hook it up into your phone, and then we'll, it will update it, and it'll become more than...
song Or the one about the gun I'm the man who sings your favorite songs I'm the bug and you've been bit I'm the man who writes the country hits
another episode of fuck everything fuck you with sean and timmy uh sean and i have been stuck in this hedge maze for like a week and a half now what does that mean every time i go to sleep i wake up and the maze has changed somehow i found an apple tree that's how i've been getting my nutrition uh i don't know there's three crows guarding a ruby and i keep passing the same pirate skeleton all the time you're just talking about nintendo right now right i don't know man Hedge maze. It's hard to tell sometimes whether it's Nintendo or DMT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's kind of the same. I mean, life is kind of, kind of a, kind of a hedge maze. I mean, if you really want to find Zelda, there's a quick way. I, I don't want to think about this hedge maze anymore. All right, you brought it up. All right. Well, I, I got a, I got a plug. I got the. Uh, I got the punchline coming up Tuesday, February second at. Uh, Eight o'clock. Uh, it's fifteen dollars. Uh, come out and see me. It's my uh, first real comedy club show. Um, that'd be fantastic. Uh, come say hello. Um, I will say hi back and make awkward conversation with you. Um, Sean, you got anything to plug? Yeah, Timmy's gonna be at the punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever it was that he said that he was going to be there, I trust that he had the right date. So yeah. go to that. And uh, oh yeah, Sean's got uh, his music. Uh, that was a, you just heard it. Uh, he's a bloody snowman, all one word. Everything's amazing that he does. Uh, buy that shit and download it. Um, I'm very. Oh, I do have one. I guess I have a couple plugs. I'm, oh yeah, I'm gonna be playing Monsters of Love in uh, hidden location in Oakland. Monsters of Love is. I thought that was in the woods. No, no, that's Mutant Fest. Monsters of Love is a one one time a year kind of anti-Valentine's Day monster party, and I'll be playing that, and I think it's March 6th, 
which is a Saturday. And then I'll be playing somewhere in L.A. in the spring. Right now, it'll be March 5th. March 6th is actually a Sunday. Okay, March 5th. Thank yeah. you. Thank you all for being aware of time and space. <laughs> uh, sun, and then uh, I'll be playing in L.A. sometime in the spring, hopefully with abandoned footwear, but definitely with Continues, which is Stan from Babylands. Oh, no shit. Continues will be there. I love those guys. Well, he, yeah, he's the one that booked book that shit. So, yeah. Dope. Yeah. Well, I'll have to go say hi to Dan. Hope he remembers me. Yeah. Well, you'll have to come to LA. Oh, fuck. You're going all the way to LA? Yeah, yeah. That's right. I just found out a couple days ago. Dude, good for you. Good, good for, for me. You. Good for That's you. That's all the plugging I have. I, nev- I never plug shit, so at least I have something to plug. Okay, so today's guest is uh, one of my favorite people. Um, she is the fantastic Pam Benjamin. She runs uh, Mutiny Radio. Uh, she takes... Uh, new comics with horrible jokes and develops them into funnier comics and uh, she runs uh, a fuck ton of the shows in the city and uh, she is a fantastic patient uh, woman and uh, I would not be doing comedy today if it wasn't for her support so I am very happy to have her as uh, as the guest on my show today uh, before we get into it uh, why don't you tell us about this fantastic uh, festival that you're putting on Pam well Timmy's gonna to be at the punchline on February second <laughs> at eight o'clock. It's only fifteen dollars. <laughs> what, 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 what are we talking about? What day of the week? Is oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a Tuesday, right? Okay. It's a yeah. Tuesday. It's Groundhog Day. Yeah. Yeah, I I know I'm very very good with time and space. Okay, um, I'm not I'm not. So uh, the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival is March second through sixth, 2016. I don't know. I haven't counted the days right now. How many days to count down? I think we're at something like 36 days. Right. Something like that. It's either 37. Thir- it's between 34 and 37 days. Is how many days are left. So you're pretty good with time and space. Pretty good with time and space. Like I, I haven't nailed that number down only because I don't want to keep freaking myself out. <laughs> I think that it's better to leave a little flux in there. That's good. Yeah, because I'm, I'm starting to have a nervous breakdown. Well, you're putting a fuck ton of work into it. You're getting chairs and electrical and all this other stuff. And you get how did you get all these uh, out of town comics to come in? Well, um, I did this festival last year in Seattle in August called the Hilarious Comedy Festival. Applications are open until the fourth of um, the, the fourth month of the year, April. So definitely apply. It's their second annual. Well, I went to their first annual, and I had such a good time. Like, you know, the, the audiences weren't uh, great, but it was like comedy summer camp, and it was everybody of what I consider to be a similar caliber of comedian to myself, and it was great to meet people who'd been doing comedy for four, six, eight, eleven years that were I felt like, oh, I'm on a playing field with these guys and ladies, and it was great to be, A, acknowledged for a festival and have someone pick your video out and say, you, you're funny, I want you to come in. Um, that isn't like a big, there are, what big names are there from like San Francisco and, you know, Indiana and, you know, like an, I've got a guy from Georgia coming and South Carolina and uh, Massachusetts, Michigan, Texas. And so it all started... I met all those people at that festival, and I was like, oh, I was really inspired, and I thought, oh, you know, I could do this. And I kind of just worked off that Facebook group, and then I got onto, like, their message boards, and then I've been on the Northwestern one for a long time, so a lot of people up there knew me. So we have, like, eight comics coming from Portland and four from Seattle, or just Washington in general, but only because I've sort of done that area a little bit, so I knew people. But... It was all Facebook, man. Like, that was it. That's how I got everybody. And I had um, over 150 submissions from people all over the United States and beyond uh, internationally. 
and I had to whittle it down to 24 and then locally I had 60 people apply and there were only 20 spaces so there was interest you know from a comedian standpoint I felt like and you know we're just the thing I learned from the other festival was that everything was great and Patrick Higgins put it together and he's actually a really great festival organizer and everything worked except they chose the wrong space and the whole time at all the shows I was like that's so funny I have the space like like because even this they weren't having 40 seats was like the theater anyways even if it would have sold out which didn't come close it was just 40 seats and I was like but that that's what's here it's 40 seats so I thought the rest of it is easy. We've got the microphone, the radio component's a cool part of it. Why don't, cause, and that's the thing that this makes us cool is that we're bringing people from all over the United States and internationally, and their people there can listen to them live or can download the podcast after. And if we get smart enough and start monetizing our fucking podcasts, then we could actually, you know, make some money off the podcast because people might be interested if their friend Brian Plum is coming from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, yeah, he's going he's gonna to do the live show for me and a separate one. We've been chatting a whole bunch online. Fantastic. Yeah, he's not, and he seems like he gets around, man. He's, I see him at some pretty big names he's across the country. He's young and hungry. Yeah, he's, he seems like a good dude. Yeah, and funny. Yeah. So uh, th that's the thing. It's all these people that are kind of, it's just, I've, I've been doing comedy now for the four and a half years, and I'm like, all right, you know, w what else is there besides, where, where else, what else do we do, where else do we go? Like, I'm not going to move to L.A. I'm not going to go to San yeah, Francisco. Yeah, fuck L.A. So then it's like, because it's just not me. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not ever going to wear makeup. I'm not going to. I'm not going to show off my cute little bod because I don't believe in that. And it bothers me when other female comedians just rely on them. They're like, well, if I show my tits and I've got to wear the lipstick, put my hair up. And it's true. When I wear, when I dress up, people pay attention to me more. It's true. Like they, they just do, but it's just, it's not me. And I don't, it's not me. So it's like, well, what could I do in San Francisco to establish something here? And, yeah, you know, whatever. So this is the home of new comedians. That's not so bad if it becomes a thing. That's a thing. Like, why can't that be a thing? Yeah, I mean, so yeah. Far, I think so far so good. I mean, it seems like it's getting a little bit of traction on Facebook. Um, I'm excited to do the live show. I, I think I think we'll have a few people here. It'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna spring for like mimosas and beers for people that's, to show up. Yeah. Brad. Yeah. Well, but and we have the. I mean, we're gonna have the the green tent for people. Uh, here's the thing. The, so if there isn't an audience, if I, if all of my, because promo, promotion is so hard, and if all of the promotion fails objectively and nobody comes, uh, we still have this cool green tent that the comedians can hang out in, and there'll be comedians here. It just means we don't make any money, right? But PBR is a sponsor, so the green tent for people that are in the festival, they're going to have a bouncer on the door. you got to be in the festival. We got all this beer donated. We're going to have food every night for the comedians. I've got these gift bags with, like, PBR swag and Alta California Botanicals and a super cool T-shirt that we're making and pieces of art, two pieces of art from local artists. They're making one for everybody. And what's the other gift bag thing? I have one other thing in the gift bag. I can't remember. But they get cool shit and, like, you know, and then... And, um, He's one of the artists, Phil Spittler. And then on Saturday at Brainwash, we got PBR to sponsor. We're having a show from 2 to 4, and it's free beer for everyone. What? 
food? Whoa. Yes. Because the PBR is sponsoring us, and he's like, and Jeff of uh, Brainwash Cafe is another sponsor, and he's like, well, what can we do for you? And I'm like, I would like to have a comedy show on Saturday afternoon from 2 to 4, so it doesn't interfere with anything True Hustle does, Because, but I want Tony Sparks to host it, which he agreed to do, because I want to give all these out-of-town comedians, like, the, br- the Brainwash feel. Right, You're like, right, here right. it is. This is a Brainwash show on a Saturday. But, like, free beer for everybody, like, even if, so that's the thing. I'm like, I've set them up that if things here are terrible, we've got a party on Thursday night at Eagle SF where we're having oh, a special comedy show, special comedy show at midnight hosted by Colin Holt. So, and there's going to be tons of people there and they get like drink specials and they're not going to have a door cover. It's going to be super fun. So it's going to be like party with the comedians and, and a big show. And, and then Saturday with the brainwash thing. So I feel like even if, even if people go like, Nobody buys tickets for here. There's only like five people in a show or whatever. They're still going to be like, the green tent was amazing. And these parties and like, and I'm giving them a comprehensive list of all of the open mics where mm-hmm. they are everywhere so that they can do everything while they're here for five days because they've got a lot of time and there's tons of open mics. I'm encouraging them to come on Monday so they can hit those open mics. I'm going to hit them up with a list this month of everyone who's running showcases and try to like push them out to, you know, cheaper than therapy. Like, hey, Eloisa, here's the list of people. I'll tell them, this is Eloisa. You know, give her a video, hit her up. Because, I mean, they're all going to be here. Some of them should get, and they're really great. I mean, some of these people on the festivals are like, the guy coming from New York is like mind-blowing, Jamie Pierce. He's just super on it. And I don't know, I watched, it took me a long time to go through the videos and I, I went through a lot of them multiple times and I feel like I, I, I watch enough comedy <laughs> to know what's good and what isn't since I run, you know, three open mics a week. <laughs> so yeah. I know. And you're at every other open mic. <laughs> Where is this green tent going to be? That, it's a very good question, I think. It's going to be located outside the building because I don't, I can't have a green room. It's called a green tent because I want a green room. But like on the sidewalk? On the sidewalk, but I've got a pop-up tent and it's 10 by 10 and I'm going to put blankets around it and a little table in there and a little with food and a little cooler with beers and some folding chairs and it's where the comedians hang out before their sets and That's they can awesome. hang out all I have enough every night I get five cases Whoa. for the comedians for the green tent but it's but here's the thing it's five shows in 25 days and each show has at least four comics because we have one host that does 10 minutes and then we have three people that all do like 10 to 15 depending and then um uh, some of the shows I have four people on, so that means they only get 10-minute sets, and the host only gets seven, but with those people, I've guaranteed them extra shows. So everyone's, and that's the other thing, so I we went to the other festival. I got three sets, and they were all 78 minutes long. None of my sets will be less than 10 minutes here, and everybody gets at least three. Some people are getting up to five. And we have the outside shows as well, so it's like... You're getting a lot of stage time. Yeah. And, and it's on the radio, and it's podcast, so it's not just like... So I feel like as a service to the comedians that are coming, this is going to be cool. I'm just hoping that San Francisco gives a fuck enough about comedy <laughs> to come see. Yeah, San Francisco, uh, San Francisco yeah. give a fuck. Come, uh, come to our festival, man. That's a big, big, big un- undertaking for, for you to take on. Because, I mean, I, I don't know. Timmy and I have both put on a lot of shows. Yeah. But not festivals. Yeah, like, we never... Well, I mean... Or I guess the Strawberry Bacon was a festival, but it, yeah, was, it, was, only, it was only one event. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, no, I mean, just the amount of planning and and all the logistics involved is, is a lot more than I think most people 
realize. Yeah, I know. But when it's understand. done by, usually it's done by more than one. Especially, I've never dealt with a sponsor. Oh, I I'm not trying to freak you out. No, no, it's but okay. But you're no, fucked. No, 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 well, I got the sponsors. I, the thing is, I started this at the end of September is when I realized I'm going to do this. And then I timed it all out, and I was like... You know, my entire month of November was like, look for sub get submissions, look at them, and find sponsors. Because I knew I had to lock the sponsors down before I started doing any of the publicity because I had to have their logos and I had to know what they were giving me. <laughs> yeah, the flyers look fantastic. So, yeah, the flyers are really good. Yeah, Subliminal SF is another company that um, is donating their... Um, time and abilities to all of our design work. They're, they design the flyers, there's a poster coming out, they're doing the t-shirt. Um, they do all, he does, it's Mikey from Subliminal SF. SubliminalSF.com, go there now. The t-shirt <laughs> that I have, that's the picture of the police. Uh, for the listeners out there, Pam's actually a cartoon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a, I have a t-shirt that, um, it has a picture of the police on the front, like Sting and Stuart Copeland. And then um, underneath it, it says, fuck NWA. <laughs> 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 and that's one of that's one of his T-shirts. That's nice. one of Mikey's T-shirts. So I want that. Yeah, he has it online. You can go to subliminalsf.com. Uh, but he has those T-shirts. So he's doing all of our design work, and he's rad. So and all of this stuff is donation. I haven't put out a penny yet. The flyers were paid for by Alta California. What? Yeah, Alta California Botanicals, another sponsor that's paying for the T-shirts. Generous and the flyers. stoners. Yeah, generous stoners. Yeah. And, and they're they're putting stuff in the gift baskets for all the all the comics as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, our podcast <laughs> is doing a live show. Uh, it'll be closing out uh, the festival. Not closing out the festival, but on the day of the closing of the festival. That's uh, Sunday, March 6th from uh, 4 to uh, 6. Come on down. I'll be springing for mimosas and beers. Um, you can buy tickets online at www.universe.com backslash mutinyradio.fm. We'd love to see you. Uh, we're going to have a collection of like eight or nine guests. Uh, that have previously been on the show, just kind of hopping on and off stage, and we're just going to have fun and fuck around. It's going to be really cool. Um, I hope to see some of you guys there. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about that. Just like Sketchfest, they do podcasts. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're our only podcast. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, we're like an actual podcast. Yeah. Really. Pod uh, yeah we're yeah. the only podcast. In the festival, yeah. Oh, in the yeah. festival, okay. Yeah. yeah. The rest of them are we, all live shows. We won't let well, you down unless we do. <laughs> you guys okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do our, uh, our segment break. Cool. Uh, and then uh, we will go into some interview with Pam. Okay, so I know we're both from Danville, but you grew up in Danville? I Where grew you? up in Danville. Where were you born? I was born uh, in, Lor in Lawrence Livermore Lab. I was born at Lawrence <laughs> you created Livermore, it a test Livermore Memorial Hospital. Uh, I'm a Livermore. I'm I was at Kaiser Walnut Creek. Oh, okay. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Tell me, tell me about being a kid in Danville. Um... Well, I was always afraid of the dead smashed frogs. We lived near a creek and um Wait, where'd you live? Where'd you live? Uh in between Sycamore and um Gre uh Green Brook. Brook. 
in between Sycamore and Greenbrook. Oh, okay, cool. There was a little, there was a strange little subdivision when you, you were in Sycamore and you went down this hill and then there was this subdivision that was there in this really strange area and the creek was there and then you went around this big corner and then all of a sudden you went up a hill and then you were in Greenbrook. And that's where all the, the green thing, the parks were in the middle and the stuff. Oh, right, 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 right. go up right, to that right. and I knew people that lived there. Like not quite Osage, but, uh, right, right, right. I, I know the park, I don't know the name of it. So we were in th this weird no man's land area of subdivision that was next to a creek and, um, you know, I was always, the dead frogs were everywhere and I couldn't, they freaked me out in the middle of the street when I was a kid and I'd go by on my, you know, a bicycle and I'd have to put my hand on the side of my face and dead frogs and we'd go riding down by the creek and all the little baby frogs would be out and I'd be freaking out because I wouldn't want to smash the baby frogs with my bike. <laughs> These are my childhood memories. Is this Greenbrook like off Sycamore Valley Road? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Absolutely. Never yeah. been there. Never heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I went to a San Ramon Valley Christian. Well, first I went, um, in preschool, I was at the church at CPC, and then in kindergarten, I started at San Ramon Valley Christian Academy and in Danville, and then... Um, My little brother went there. Really? Yeah. That's I was a little hilarious. kid's corral. Yeah. Um, I... My parents moved me to another school because the teacher said I was masturbating in class. Were you, Pam? Probably. Yes. But <laughs> I was four. I was young when I started kindergarten. I was four and everybody else was five. And I couldn't tie my shoes, but I could read. And, and masturbate. And, ma and the Christians were very Christian. And, and so, hot, and, apparently. And hot. Well, I, they made me feel really uncomfortable all the time because I was a chunky child. And uh, my teacher would make fun of me in front of the other kids. And I have this true story. What'd you say? So we had to memorize. I am a very great memorizer. I don't know if you know this about me. I sort of have this sort of photographic memory thing. And I, even as a kid, I could memorize Bible verses, like just boom, full passages, whatever. And we had, we would, we would memorize a very simple Bible verse and you'd stand up in front of the class at the end of the week, say your Bible verse, and then you would get a tiny ice cream cone, like a tiny one, you know, those little tiny, tiny ones with a tiny little scoop. And so I get up front of the class, and I do my Bible verse just like everybody else, and then she hands me graham crackers. What a bitch. And I'm like, where's my ice cream cone? And she's like, fat little girls uh, don't really get anywhere in the world, so I'm helping you by giving you graham crackers. Now, in retrospect, the graham crackers probably had more calories yeah. than the ice cream cone. Yeah. Did, but she was calling me out. For some reason, this teacher had it out for me, and my mom knew it too, so. Then, but people in the school said, that's crazy. Why would they have it out for your kid? But I completely understand. It was this Christian school back in the day. I'm a creative kid who's a little bit out there who can read when no one else could read. Like, sitting there going, like, I know how to do this stuff. And they, but they couldn't keep me. But I didn't have ADHD. I was very focused. I wanted to please. And I always raised my hand. And I was trying to be good so hard. But how annoying must that be? Anyways, I must have pissed off Mrs. Mowers. So... They put me in regular people's school. What's it called? Poor people's school. Pri public school. Public school. They put me in... I'm sorry. I'm from Danville. That sounds awful. <laughs> right? So they put me at... Um, what's the... It's uh, what's called... It's... Oh, God. What's the name of it? It's... Los, there's a... Los Cerros? No, that was junior high. Hmm. There was a... It, this is in kindergarten. There's a, a mountain. There's Mount Diablo painted on it. And you drive by... Charlotte. Charlotte. No, that's Sh the other junior high. Charlotte Wood. It was the... It was the kids' school. Over by Greenbrook? Like off of... Uh, other, other direction. With like the mural? El, like a big mural, but like El Diablo or something like El that. Oh, okay. El 
El Cerro. No, we, we went yeah. through that already. Uh, it's yeah. up to, you're almost, we're almost at El Cerro Boulevard. It's in between. Right. I know exactly what it looks I, like. It's it's di it's the Diablo area, but I don't right. know. Come on, John. I know you know what it is. It's I can't remember what it's called. Was it the Black Hawk movie theater? That was farther up. That was later. Foster Freeze? But Carl's Jr. and San Ramon. They put me there, and I was there for a while, and I thrived. And in first grade, I did really well, and the teacher liked me. And then in second, in, then they, they had me in a first and second grade combination class. And Were you really, still really beaten well. off? No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't beaten off in class anymore. I think I was just playing with myself because I was nervous. So I, they put me in the regular kids' school, and I was excelling, and I was in the first, second grader class. And then they put me in the second, third grader class, and I was a second grader. And then my parents made the wise decision to put me back in fucking Christian school. So they put me back at SRVCA with the same group of kids that I was in when I was in kindergarten who didn't like me. And then they put me back. So my entire childhood was filled with Jesus loving me, but nobody else loving me. So Jesus loves me. Be perfect. But everyone else hates you all the time until seventh grade that's what it was like I was with the same fucking people didn't get invited to the birthday parties they're all rich little motherfuckers they all lived up on that fucking hill and their houses their their stables were bigger than my house and they were all so rich and so fucking cunty and they never invited me to their birthday parties and every once in a while because we were all at the church together I'd get to like, go to their house and I was like oh, I'm at Ginny Smith's house this is so amazing I'm at Brianna Badane's house how special I feel because I'm a poor little so you were, you were you renter church Trash. No. Is that how you got to be? I was renter trash. I, I went to school with really rich kids, but I was like super poor. I, I wish we were poor. We were. <laughs> the problem was I thought we were poor, but we were really, really rich. My parents always owned their own house. We had everything we wanted. I just went when I was in high school, my 16th birthday. My parents bought me a car, but it was a Hyundai, and so everyone made fun of me because it wasn't a BMW. That's Danville. Yeah. So and that's just the way I grew up, and it was awful. I just I was never good enough because I was never good enough for Jesus, and I was never good enough for everybody else. And I tried so hard, and I tried to get a 4.0, but everybody. Everybody's blonder and prettier and cuter and a better cheerleader and everybody's perfect and 98% of the people go to from high school go to college but like oh, you only go to UC he only got into UC San Diego Ugh. well I got into Columbia and Berkeley and blah 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 it's like everything is con was constantly a competition in my youth and I just never measured up you know what those fuckers did to me in fifth grade I mouthed off in fifth grade. I don't remember what I said. Oh, yeah, I remember what I said. Uh, the teacher asked the question. She goes, uh, the final, the extra credit question for the history test was, um, who doesn't clap after the presidential speech? Um, who's, this is, it's, the answer was like the Congress or something, but I wrote on my test, uh, paraplegics. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so she made an example of me in front of the whole class and then put me on garbage duty. Um, For being funny. yeah, so, uh, well, cause she had some war vet friends that were paraplegics. She started crying. It was a whole ordeal. Whatever. <laughs> I, I, she started crying. Whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I hope she's dead. Yeah, no. So, so this is this isn't even this isn't even the bad part. Uh, I mean, I understand it was an asshole. So I'm in the hallway, like, because they put the trash cans outside the door at the end of every class, and I'm walking through the hallway with the janitor, the nicest man in the world. His name was Chuck. He's a totally cool guy. He was probably like my age now. He's probably like 35, 36. And a different teacher um, comes walking up, uh, Mrs. Schroeder, and uh, she goes, she takes one look at me, and I'm like, you know, tying the loop around the garbage can. And she's like, Mr. Pizza, you better get used to this because you're going to be doing this for the rest of your life. You're going to be just like him and points at the janitor, the nicest guy in the world. So he, he humiliates both of us just like and we're like, I'm like, what? 
fuck you, bitch. I got a podcast now. <laughs> I was actually, a, a, I convinced the vice principal to let me be a custodial assistant my senior year in high school, which the only time you see a kid with the custodian is if they are in big trouble. And that's for like a day or like half a day or whatever. And I was with that dude for, you know, two quarters. Wow. So everyone thought that I was just a fucking, like I killed cats or some shit. <laughs> like they all thought I was a total psychopath. But the custodian would like, he, he'd bring me on, he'd show me all the uh, roof access points oh, and right. stuff like that. And then he got fired and I stopped being a custodial assistant, but I still knew all the roof accent point, access points. So, so I was snipe kids. No, I was straight anywhere. up, no, I would straight up throw yeah. garbage at the popular kids oh, from the roof. Awesome. Yeah. It was yeah. great. He went to uh, Monta Vista. I was going to ask. And they knew it was me. I, I went, yeah, I went to Monta Vista for a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it, what, it was what awful. Year, what years were you? Um, my brother went there. He was a piece of shit. Uh, I graduated in 95. Oh, okay. My brother graduated in 91. So he He's was, still a piece of shit. Yeah, absolutely. I graduated <laughs> in 92. I was 98. Okay. De La Salle. Yeah. 98 De La Salle. Yeah, I lived oh. in Danville, though, and then I moved to Concord the last two years of uh, high school. De La Salle. Yeah. We beat our butts in football every year. We beat everybody in football. We recruited kids from all over the world that were just monsters. Yeah. Um, I didn't yeah. grow up in, in that. No, the, area. those kids weren't I, rich. They were poor as hell, but they paid for those kids. To yeah, come they got they scholarships. Ball, yeah. I knew some of those giant Frankenstein ass motherfuckers yeah. that got scholarships, but I mean, I met them. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't last long in conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't grow up in that area until I was like 10. Oh, and, okay. But I, I grew up in the mountains. So our education level was like about six months behind. Oh. And so when I got here, I, I was way advanced in reading, which is weird because I'm dyslexic. But um, <laughs> I, I was like, I was in all the advanced reading things. But uh, yeah, it took a, a bit to get caught up and, and got fucked with relentlessly for a little while until one day I just pick a, picked a desk up and threw it across the room nice. and no one ever fucked with me again I, after I, that. I have a very similar story. I have a very, very similar story. In third grade at SRVCA, it was presidential fitness time when you had to... Wait, what, what makes fitness president you can do like 20 pull-ups right and you have to do pull-ups and you have to do push-ups and you have to they do your stretching and they do all this stuff and i was really good at stretching because i did ballet and stuff but i really didn't have any upper body strength and again at the time i was still a little chunky so we're supposed to hold on to this bar with your hands toward you instead of your wrists toward you you had to have your front of your hands toward you and they put us up on this really high bar and you're supposed to hold it and i mean i didn't even last a second and and the whole group, I kept trying, and they're like, just give it up. And everybody's laughing at me, and it all sucked. And then we went back in the room to change into our regular clothes again. And all the girls kept laughing at me and being mean and calling me names, and I just couldn't take it. And I have the same feeling that I have sometimes in my life now where I call everyone a cunt face, <laughs> where I just couldn't see anything. And I ran out the door, I screamed the fucking door, and I went out the back, and I picked up a brick, and I threw it through the goddamn window yeah. into yes. the room where all the girls yeah. were. And it hit these folding chairs, <laughs> and it clapped. <laughs> and made all the stories and I I go and I run back around into the room and I like stand there and all the girls are like freaking out and then a little time later a teacher comes in and goes what happened and I'm just standing there and no one said anything damn right and I was like Oh, oh, oh. 
and no one fucked with me really to my face ever again. <laughs> I know people fucked me with me behind my back, and I yeah. knew that all the time that that was happening. Yeah. But from that point on, they really didn't like fuck with me, fuck with me. Yeah. Because I threw a brick through a window. Yeah. When <laughs> when they know you're like uh, you have some adrenaline <laughs> that's under there. Yeah. Yeah. They leave you. I had the nickname Psycho for a while. Oh yeah. No. Let me wacko. In junior high, not in high school. I did something similar. A couple of like two or three football players used to fuck with me all the time, constantly. It was always the three of them, and they like one time they put me in a garbage can, and another time they just they'd humiliate me in front of my friends, and then one of them was really mean one day, so um, I stalked and followed him for a while and he went into like a room where they like store sports stuff so there was nobody else around so he was walking into the door and I kicked him in the small of his back and he like fell flat on his face went into the room shut the door and locked it and then grabbed him by his shirt and like picked him up off the ground I was like I don't know who the fuck you think you are but I will fucking kill you blah 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 and this dude was like I don't know he was like huge football player guy you know and he was just terrified like shaking and shivering because he didn't have his little on with him. Sure. Yeah, you let out the crazy. Yeah. And you're good. I mean, this guy could have mauled me to death. But uh, yeah, no, I, I scared the living piss out of him. It, it, it was uh, it was one of my growing points. Yeah. <laughs> I, I felt the same. I felt the same way. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's empowering to fucking scare a rich person. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I, I love that today's fuck everything, fuck you is about fucking Danville and the fucking ass. Those yeah. fucking rich cunts. Have you been back there? It's I like get weirded Disneyland. out. It's, it's the only town that I freely weird. litter. I, I, I rarely actually... Litter. I litter as much I as I can when I'm I, in Danville. If my parents like want to take me to dinner like once bridges? every couple months. No. Fuck, uh, they Foz? can afford that. You want to go to Foz? They can afford a high-tech Foz? burrito. <laughs> like they're, not, they're not that rich. Father, I don't, Father Nature's shed. I got to do comedy at Father Nature. What? Do they, remember, do they still have the candy shop? Do they got the candy shop there Not still? Anymore, no oh. candy shop. Now it's a restaurant. It's a mediocre restaurant. What? I was bummed. I loved that candy shop. I yeah. lived there all the time when I was a kid. The gummy rat. They yeah, used to have no. these gummy rats. Yeah. And I'd always be like, God, I want one of those. But I never got them. I'd always get the little balls that were chocolate that had the liqueur inside. Oh, yeah. I have no idea why they would sell those to a child, but they, I think they had real liqueur. That was in Alamo, right? No, it was in Alamo. No, it was, uh, it was I walking never went, distance I never went from there. SRVCA. It was like, oh, okay. you walked from the church down it was next across to the, vet's the street. Hall. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. I used to play shows at the Vets Hall. That was the, the Vets Hall was school. the first place a girl touched my dong. Wow. Yeah. There's never been a girl touching I, your dong. I think I went to my one. Just kidding. You get mad action. High five. <laughs> uh, yeah. I was. I was went to go see some band, the Struggle Buggies. At, I was uh, in that band for a minute. Yeah, you, you know who they are? No, I mean, I, I, I played with them. You were in that band? <laughs> no, no, I played like, no, I, I what I did is their, their guitar player quit, yeah. and they were like, hey, you want to fill in and or be our new guitar player? And I was like, okay. And I I went to their rehearsal, and they are like, you're too weird, and they wouldn't let me in. The they band. played a parking garage, and I punched a guy in the head and broke my wrist. Wait, was he, was he in the band? <laughs> no, 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 some guy. Oh, that would have been great. No, no, so there was a dog pile and some guy punched me and then I like I like freaked out and like paced around for like 20 minutes and then I just punched him in the back of the head and ran away and I broke my wrist and one of the guys in the band found out about it and they hand wrote me a letter they asked me for my address hand wrote me a letter with like a drawn picture they like drew a neat picture like one of the guys could draw I might still have it somewhere was it Avi Scotty or Derek Derek 
He's a nice dude. Yeah, they were really. They were like, oh my god, we can't believe you broke your wrist in a fight at our show. But like, they played like a parking garage in Walnut Creek. Oh, like, they, I thought they were the coolest band ever. I saw them like five times when I was a kid. I'd have, I'd have my mom drop me off, <laughs> and I'd go and see the Struggle Buggies. They actually <laughs> used to be like the butt of every band I was in's joke. Oh, I can totally but I was, see why. I was great friends with them. I knew them, but like every band I was Dude, ever in, they're like packed, man. Yeah, they were popular, but they were just playing like fucking rockabilly shit like all, all that was yeah. popu- popular at the time hey, but man, it was about the music man yeah it was all about the it was all about crappy the music, music. no we, we just in in danville no yeah <laughs> Well, we have the well, Walnut Festival. They, well, they, okay, they, they would like Devil book, Mountain book. Run. Yo, tell us that story. How I won the Devil Mountain Run. Yeah, but the, the whole thing with your with your school and. Oh, the, okay. Yeah, okay. So, I ran track and cross country when I was in uh, high school. Uh, because I'm better at singular sports. Uh, anyways, I there I was on track cross country, and our coach was this guy named Jerry Garrity, and he was he was 36 at the time, and he kept professing, oh, "I'm a virgin. I've never had sex." And he was very Christian and talked about it, and he liked to hang out with all the guys, you know, all the time and during the summers. Okay, anyways, that's super creepy. He's super creepy like shaving his legs all the time I'm bike I bike I need to shave my legs because of the wind resistance he's I that gotta bike off all that jizz <laughs> <laughs> so he and I never really got along uh, and I my I had two best friends one of them I'm still best friends with her name is uh, she was Katie Rowe then now she's Katie Fields she's a doctor she's a oh, she's a nice lady I nice nice lady she yeah. could run a 440 in like 54 seconds very very fast no idea what that means uh, it's one numbers. lap it's, she's very 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 fast in high school and our other friend Julie Jenkins was a high jumper and she could jump like 5'7 and she was this tiny little twig and she was darling and we had this track meet where we were like already ahead in points and but she didn't Julie didn't really need to win this jump and she'd already sort of won and we knew it didn't it didn't matter was the point but she was hurt and the coach wanted her to jump again for this stupid reason and I I took offense with it I was like my friend is hurt she's done enough don't make her jump she yeah. doesn't want to jump don't make her jump and he was like she's gonna jump she needs to learn of the blah, blah, blah. so I end up having like it could have been a, turned into a fist fight if he would have turned it that way. But we fought. in. There was this big track meet in front of both teams in the center of the track. And ev- everyone could see and hear because we were both yelling really, really loudly at each other. And I was just adamant that my friend was not going to jump. And he was like, I am the coach of this team. You don't tell me what to do. From the outside, I'm sure people are like, what is this 36-year-old man yelling at this 17-year-old girl for? Like, what is this power struggle about? And really, it was about my friend. So anyways, he says, you're off the team. Get out of here. And I'm like, all right. And I get my shit, and I go. And I'm like, all right, I'm off the team. So I decide that the Devil Mountain Run is coming up, which, as you know, it's a 6.2. It's a 10K race in Danville. It happens every year. And I'm 17, so I'm at, like, the top of my age range of, like, 14 to 17, right? That's my age group I'd be running in. And I say to myself, I'm going to win the fucking Devil Mountain Run because I'm, I'm a two-mile runner for, for track. That's, like, what I did. I was a long-distance runner across country, this thing. So I take it upon myself every day. Does it actually go on the mountain? No, it's all through it's all through downtown. It takes off, like, right at that center, the Safeway kind of thing. It goes out, and it goes through all the way around, like, green 
Brook. Yeah. All the way around, though, and then back through Sycamore Green and all the way Valley. Green, Green Valley. Green Valley. And then all the way back through down and to Danville Boulevard and across. It's just a big, huge loop that's 6.2 miles. So what I decided to do is I devised my own workout thing, and it's a two-and-a-half-mile run, and then it's to this hill that's like a 440, which is a fourth of a mile up. And, uh, and then Wait, hold on one second. If there was one song that would be the Pam montage in the movie. Oh, it's the, oh, it's the, it's the, is it Smith's Never Give Up? <laughs> okay. You know, okay. most people don't win to the Smiths, <laughs> but I think you might be the exception. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Is that, is that New Order? It's either New Order, I think it's New Order, actually. I don't know. It's one of them, whatever. It's, yeah, it was whatever. the time. It was like 1991, right? So I start training myself, and I go on this two-mile run, and I get to the hill the first day, and I run up it, up and down twice, and then I go on this other three-mile run. And then the next day, I do the same thing, but I go three times, and then I run the other way. And then I'm like, ooh, let's switch it up. So I go the back way. I run three, like 0.8 miles first, and then I run up the hill four times, and then I do the other 2.2. So on this time, I keep seeing the track team running around. They're like, hey, Pam, what are you doing? I'm like, training. <laughs> and they're like, for what? And I'm like, for myself, you know. So anyways, I, I finished this workout thing where at the end I run two miles and then I run up and down the hill 12 times, which is like three miles up and up the hill. So it's running up and walking down. So it's actually more than that. But I'm only counting the up part. And then I ran. Anyways, I'm fucking prepared for the goddamn race, you know, and I won. And and um, I got to stand on stage and they gave me a medal and stuff. And they're like, what track team do you run for? And I'm like, I don't run for a team. They're like, you don't run for a track team? They're like, what school do you go to? Santa Monica Valley, you don't run for their track team? I'm like, no, they're like, who, who do you run for? I'm like, myself. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah, and then next year, my senior year, all the parents threatened to pull their girls off the team if he didn't let me back on. So That's he had awesome. to eat nice. crow and put me back on the team. That's awesome. <laughs> they were all like, we're all pulling our daughters. You know, crow tastes a lot better than people make it out to be. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, so that's my story. So uh, after uh, after high school, uh, did, you, did you do college or? I did. I went straight to UC San Diego, and I got a degree in theater, um, and minor in dance and lit writing, and then I. I uh, moved to Davis, and I got a teaching credential, and I lived with my boyfriend who was in veterinary school, and then I did the whole married thing. We He graduated from vet school. I was a teacher. We moved to San Diego. We bought houses. We bought, I used to drive a Lexus. Where in San Diego? Uh, Claremont. Well, first in Vista. Okay. Um, and then a house in Claremont. And uh, I owned a theater company, did some catering. Um did you know was very bougie for a long time pretty boring uh stage management stuff and then i got a corporate job with ethan allen and i did like visual merchandising for them i and still can't see you doing that yeah i wore ma they made me start wearing makeup and nice clothes they got mad at me so when they started making me wear makeup i said well this you're making me wear it for the job right and they're like yeah and i'm like well then i'm putting it on on the clock so i'd get to work like at 8.30 and I'd sit at my desk for a half hour and just meticulously put on makeup for a half hour. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, I would never wear this. You are totally making me wear this. So I'm going to do it at work. I'm going to make you pay for it. That's they, good. Did they, how long did they let that fly? For Until nice. I quit. Nice. Until I walked into the boardroom and they're like, so what's going on, Pam? And I'm like, I'm a corporate cog in a wheel of consumerism, and I'm considering suicide. <laughs> like, I can't, I can't, uh, I can't pretend to make things pretty so other people can feel better about themselves and their neighbors because they have good interior furnishings. Um, didn't you write a book or two? Yeah, I've written a couple. So then, after I quit that, I started writing novels, and then I uh, then I left my husband, and then I moved to San Francisco. And then we went to graduate school. 
and I wrote Where'd a couple Where'd you go models. to graduate school? Uh, San Francisco State, and um, I have a master's in fiction and an MFA in poetry. Damn. So, yeah, yeah, I went to school for a while, and I paid all in cash, and I have no student loans. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. And without my husband, and I didn't take any alimony or palimony or anything from my husband. I didn't even make him sell the house. I didn't take... I didn't take anything that wasn't mine. Wow. So I know we were, we were together for like 13 years. Some people say that's a mistake, but. It's not. <laughs> I call it it's integrity. It's the fucking high road. <laughs> so uh, I left my husband. I moved here and I got into graduate school and I, you know, wrote a couple novels and uh, one of them got published by a real publisher, but I only got 50 cents a book. So for my second book, I decided to do it on my own so I could get $6 a book. Yay. Woo. Um, and then. I started doing poetry, and that led me to comedy. So, and then here we are now. Okay, so tell me about uh, tell me about mutiny in its early days when it when it uh, or not or pirate cat. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, I started here in 2008, and I um, it was when Monkey was still here, and he was a terrible tyrant and a mean, evil person. I had a show called the uh, Karaoke Clubhouse, because I was really, really into karaoke at the time. And we would come in and sing karaoke and have a lot of fun, and it was no big deal. And then on my birthday, he canceled my show. He walked up to me, and he's like, Pam, your show, Karaoke Clubhouse, gone. I'm like, what? He's like, it's gone. I'm like, why? And he goes, you, you don't respect anything. Like, an iPad's here, now it's over there. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? But his word was like law. So my, my show just got like killed. Um, but I had been working on the Diamond Dave show then, and I, uh, what a nightmare. Uh, but then he left. Oh, he embezzled some money, and we had to kick him out, whatever. Um, he fled the country. Allegedly. Anyways. Allegedly. <laughs> uh, we don't know. He's done so many alleged or not alleged. We have no idea. He's... I don't even know if he exists. I think he might be a ghost. He's a specter. Who knows? You're Tyler Durden. He's, I, I don't think I'm anything like he was at all. I'm completely opposite. He was a fascist. I'm a socialist. It's totally different. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, I know that the roots seem similar, but, but in practice, they're completely different. Um, but then I was here, and it was this whole collective model, and there were these five people that were directors, and they were in charge, but nothing was really getting done, and then they were paying a lot of money, but no one was really doing anything, and no one was paying their dues, and there were all these problems, and they just came to us in 2011, and they're like, we're done. Wait, so was, this a, was it a cafe then? It was a cafe still then, yeah. Yeah, it was a cafe when I was okay. just playing here. It was a cafe, and um, different people had taken it over at that point, like, and it had been unsuccessful. No one could make money at it. They were still trying to get people to work for free behind the bar, which suddenly everyone realized, cause I did it forever. I worked for free behind the bar. I didn't make any money, and I still had to pay dues and have a show. And it was like, what am I doing five hours a week here? Like, it was... And no one was coming in, and it was, I just, it was like a, it was almost like it was a money laundering scheme of some sort. Like, you couldn't make money on that cafe. Anyways, a totally unsustainable model. So in 2011, the directors were like, we don't want to do this. We just want to move it to a garage and do podcasts out of it. And I was like, can't lose the performance space. We can't lose this space. Because all my shows have been completely based on the space, and so moving me into a garage wouldn't work, like, oh everything I would have would be dead. It would be like, well, just go out to bars and have an open mic out there or whatever. So um, I took it upon myself to write a seven-point business plan and um, put it into effect and tell the whole group that I can do it on my own, give me three months without being paid, and if I make it work, I get a $500 stipend, and now we're two and a half years later. Wow, good work. So, and we were like, it was, it was, it was going. It was gonna, it was, it was gonna die. Like, it was, it was dying. 
like in all senses of the meanings of words and there was no money there was no and I was the one who brought in the sponsor so when I finally got Alta California to sponsor us which totally took this huge financial burden off the, even the people in the collective were like it won't last she can't do it they won't how, how long will it be and I'm like oh two and a half years later huh and they're still paying they still love it but like that's what I'm dealing with now is I feel like I've done so much and no one has any faith in me. Like, no one thinks I'm anything. And I'm like, just, I don't want to have to make a t-shirt that says, I put myself through graduate school in cash. <laughs> that should be enough for people to be like, we can trust Pam with the, with the reins of something. She can do it. But like, whenever a man makes a decision, people abide by it. When a woman makes a decision, everyone forms a fucking committee. Hey, I, I, <laughs> I, That's I, the way I, it is. I have yeah. always thought Pam's word is law. Thank yeah. you. I, I've, I've never challenged Pam. I always do whatever <laughs> the fuck she tells me to. So is it is it just me, or do you help develop the new comics? Well, I mean, I give them the space. Joke Workshops has had two-year anniversary last week. That's every Monday for two years of coming in here. Yeah, but I mean, you helped me write bits. You helped me so much. You were like, uh, you were you were giving me a show. You gave me my first showcase. You were like, you brought me to uh, Lagunitas. Like, I've only been doing comedy for like three weeks. <laughs> um, and like, you were, uh, yeah, you were like super, and I was being a pussy, and you were like talking me out of it. Like, you were, are you with that with, with everybody, or was it just well, me? Uh, no, I mean, right now, I'm sort of mothering Ian Kung. Oh, he's so good. Yeah. He, yeah. He had a he had a little breakdown the other day, and I, oh, I no. came out and talked to him, talked him down off the ledge. Uh, Ken Suzuki, for some reason, I have faith in him. I, I He's very... He's supportive. a little weird, but his stuff is good. I think I that hate he, that fucking guy. I, <laughs> he's never I mean, met him. I mean, I don't met know him, yet. But I fucking can't stand him. Um, I'm a big Dom Gellin fan. I'm a big Tess Berry fan. Oh, she's great. Yeah, I don't um, know Dom. There's there's certain young and there's certain young comedians that I do not care for, that I will not I don't help them and I there there are a lot of them that I just don't, uh, but there are a lot of them that I do and it's because they're supportive to the station and stuff like that and if they show interest I'm gonna show interest back. So. Well, it felt like you were creating a safe place for us. Like you felt like nobody was gonna make fun of us for our stupid jokes that we were trying out and that people were just gonna try and help us make them better. And like there's something about the building and the way that it's decorated and the way that it feels that like you feel like you can come up here and just say anything. Like you can come up here and just try stuff out. And it's like I was always terrified to do brainwashing. I think it was because of the lighting. Like I think it was because it was so fucking bright in there and like people could see you so well. It just didn't feel like a place to be funny. Like I was terrified. I didn't do brainwash until like a year in. Wow. Yeah. Like it just like I'd see so many people hanging out out there all standing in that fucking line and I was just horrified. Um, I still get horrified there sometimes. Like I don't like I love brainwash. I love doing my shows there. Um, but I, I still get not nervous, but just off. Like it doesn't feel like home like here feels like home like I get here I'm just like ah, oh, I can do whatever I want I've had some of my best sets here it's like there's something that, like you know when I was an uber driver I drove this kind of eclectic rich couple that lived down the down the street right by mutiny and like they're like oh what do you do I'm like I'm a comedian and they're like oh well, you know and I was like yeah you know I do this thing in mutiny and they're like oh yeah that's kind of like the last bastion of the neighborhood of something that's like actually real and good um, I had to look up the word bastion, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, they dug it. They, they seemed like, uh, kind of young professionals, uh, artsy professionals that knew what the fuck was going on. But, uh, you know, this, uh, this, this room, this place, uh, it's, it's definitely felt magical to me at times. I don't, I don't know if that's uh, your fault. <laughs> uh, I think it's your fault. <laughs> I just, I mean, I'm trying to run 
I open mics and I mean that's the thing is it's I want to have showcases and have it be a place that's like we have real quality entertainment here but I think that I don't know it does have a clubhouse vibe so I, as long as people keep coming I just hope that I don't know someday some of the comedians will sort of pay it forward like you know Joey Avery is quickly rising to fame oh, okay, and yeah. I'd like to see he's it's done so good. he's been working in this room every Monday religiously for probably a year yeah and I hope that someday he remembers you know that but no one will because comedians are selfish assholes they don't give a fuck about anybody yep. themselves yep. no it's about it's all about going T-bone. to the show not listening to anybody else hey I watch everybody <laughs> I do too we're the only two people yeah. you me and Jonathan are the only ones that watch everybody yeah. and and the thing is it doesn't mean anything I thought for the longest time oh I'm leading by example and you know what I'm gonna do now I'm fucking over it I'm gonna sit outside and smoke cigarettes and do whatever fuck even in my own no I can't do it during my own show see that's the fucking shit of it is that well I'm looking for people to book right yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a shitty thing if you're a promoter. Like it's, it's like you gotta, you know, you can't book the same people all the time. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Most of them are cunts. No. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I mean the selfishness. And I had a conversation with Steve Poggi about this. He's like, Pam, you're trying to create comedy in a in a singular. Sp- it's a single person sport. It's a. He ha- he was very much more eloquent about it, but it's a it's a one person sport. It doesn't really have a community. It's, I mean, it's, you stand up with a microphone in front of people and that's it. It's you. And like trying to pretend like, oh, here we all are supporting each other. I mean, I guess we are, but I mean, I don't know. It's like, we need a little bit of hippie bullshit, but not so much kind of like a little bit of cynicism with our hippie bullshit, but a little bit more hippie bullshit because man, it makes me crazy when I'm sitting here running what I think is a great show and everyone's outside smoking. Well, that I makes mean, me insane. Even if you're outside smoking, I mean, if, if nobody gives anything back, if somebody's just like, book me, book me, book me, and then they, they don't put together a show or they don't, you know, do something that gives back to the community, that makes me less likely to book them. Because yeah. I know a couple of guys I think are really freaking funny, but, uh, you know, the second I'm like, oh, I really like this guy. I wish he'd stay and watch my set. But the second he's done, he's outside, um, either gone or just socializing or doing whatever. And if he doesn't book shows, doesn't do anything it's just like you know what's uh, it's just like what uh, can you do for me like yeah, when it's, it's <laughs> yeah. not that I want anything it's just the, what are they doing for everybody else or like it, you know because well, if they're not watching your set they're not watching anybody else exactly so why the fuck bother helping someone that's not going to do anything for a community that struggles right yeah, yeah. No, it's like if somebody I, you know somebody made some sort of remark about me not being that funny but I was my response was you've never seen one of my sets <laughs> <laughs> you've, exactly you've, the right you've been outside smoking weed and hitting on waitresses at brainwash yeah yeah, yeah. I think you're funny Timmy <laughs> I, I, I like a lot at the cage door open is working for you right now and that was the first stroke I wrote too and so now it's funny. my killer it's my biggest one right now I did that in LA last week and it fucking destroyed yeah uh, it was, it, it was good. It was cool. It's because cool when you fuck. say it's vigorously, that's, yeah. that's the word that yeah. gets me every time. Yeah. No, in the, in the I had a dream I was horseback riding. Yeah. Is the, is the I have dreams about you horseback riding. <laughs> <laughs> I have dreams about Martha Stewart riding. But in those dreams, I'm, uh, I'm uh, Michelle Kwan. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I'm going to have they, nightmares. They get deep. Now I'm going to have nightmares. Deep. And we're in the rain. Yeah. Oh, perfect. But I sleep with the rain app on, so all my dreams are in the rain. Okay, so I... <laughs> 
Sam, uh, Pam, tell me what you think about this. I, uh, uh, I was in LA and I hate all the podcasts I'm listening to right now. And it was pouring rain. It was on the five. It was foggy. Um, I left LA at 11 o'clock at night to drive back to the city. So I was like, ooh, I'm going to listen to ghost stories. Oh, yeah, that's great. So I listened to ghost stories for four to five hours straight. And I was like, we need to do a fucking show where it's joke ghost stories. I, I liked your Facebook post. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm dead serious about this. Because they all, right. there's like several, there's like seven or eight different formats of ghost stories. True. Yeah. I, I think we could put together. I I have a real ghost story. You want to tell it? Uh, sure. I used to work at a theater company called Sledgehammer in San Diego, and it was in an old mortuary. Awesome. And so the chapel was where the theater was now, and actually the, the green room and the dressing rooms were where they used to embalm the bodies and everything. Grody. And they had this weird underground trap, and there was a guy that kind of lived behind it at night to make sure that no one was sort of tripping around, because it was right by the freeway, too. So it was this very trippy location and a very creepy old building. And I was stage manager, so I had to... Oh, I was always the first person in the building and always the last person to shut it. And the, the stage management booth was up in the old like choir pew.